Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, how are you? Doing well, how are you? I'm doing good. Let me get you out of there. There we go. How was your week in this time around? Oh, uh, good. Good. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Good. So tell me tell me what, what good has happened. Let's talk about successes, things that have gone right, even if it's small things. Uh, oh, geez. Um... <laughs> Geez, is a good thing or a bad thing? Geez, <laughs> uh, is a... I never think positively. <laughs> that That's exactly why I, you know, I, I really often try to remind you of, like, let's, what is going right? You know, what are the, the few things that can be celebrated? Um, I mean, I think uh, you know, my relationship with the kids and you know, how I'm showing up as a dad, I think, is very, very good. I think um, uh, Jennifer and I are communicating well. Um, I think, uh, generally speaking, um, you know, I've uh, probably dealt with, you know, the... Um, the last couple of weeks probably better than we ever could have in the past. Um, With Jennifer? It, overall. Wow. Um, I, I think it includes her, obviously, but, um, you know, I can, uh, it, it is, uh, it has been a very, uh, it's been tr- trying, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's been difficult, uh, you know, it's very easy to um, kind of fall backwards uh, and fall backwards hard. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, generally speaking, I've uh, avoided, you know, 90% of what would have uh, really taken me sideways in the past. Wow. So and how have you done it? Because I hear that it's a lot of work. And how how is it that you do it? That that is even possible. Um, you know, so I'll use like work as an example. Yeah, I've really been struggling with. You know, I don't want to go back to corporate America, which you know I've been very consistent about for what nine months now, right? Um, yeah. But it's really hard. I mean, it's there's um, habits. There's um, infrastructure, there's, um, you know, pressure, there's, you know, parents and otherwise, there's, um, you get immediate um, uh, uh, 
hierarchical value, meaning, you know, if I go back to corporate America, all of a sudden people have to listen to me. Like mm-hmm. um, you know, so a lot of things that, you know, um, from an immediate, I, I'm, I'm sorry, the, probably the other biggest one is, you know, I, um, I it, it's, you know, it, you, it's easy to say you're going to be an entrepreneur, but, you know, I've done a few things and to try to um, look at some possibilities and none of them are easy. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to get knocked down 20 times before you work it through. Right. And it's going to take, you know, a lot of uh, consistency to, to do it. And, you know, I, I look at all that and that I would have never been able to handle all that. And what I've been doing in that particular case is I'm an entrepreneur. I just say it every day. Right? Okay. I journal about it, right? I'm, I am, uh, I, I know I am, right? So now it's like, okay, well, put your emotional intensity into solving the problem. Don't put your emotional intensity into, you know, being, you know, a victim, right? And, and you know, why, why is this so hard? You know, why, you know, don't turn that, personal negativity against your relationship with Jennifer. This has nothing to do with Jennifer. She's supporting me. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, I, I look back at that time in the spring and you know, with with her in particular and you know, I was in a, you know, a cyclone of... of Jim, are you, are you tapping by any chance? No. Okay. Um, so I was in a, you know, a cyclone of personal negativity, right? And Yeah. You know, the reality is I then, um, I think, and I, I would love your help with this because she's asking me to to talk to her about what happened so she can, you know, not worry that it's going to happen again. Right. And, uh, you know, but I I look at it and I, I turned my own personal anxiety and then, you know, she had anxiety, obviously, and I chose to take that as a personal attack and, you know, look for an exit, right? And, you know, and I don't, I don't, it was legitimate emotionally, right? I mean, you know, emotionally I was pretty cooked, but um, but I chose to um, t- take that cycle that I had been in, you know, since I was whatever, too, and say, okay, well, I got to do it on my own. Nobody's going to help me. Nobody's going to come. But the reality is she was trying to help me. Um, yeah. And... You know, I um, so I, I I guess what I'm doing now is I think being more emotionally aware than I've been in the past is the easy way to say it, and then just you know tactically or just using all the techniques. Yeah. Meditate, you know, meditate, work out, eat healthy, journal. You know, when I, when I am struggling, like I have a two time a day journal thing I try to do now. Um, most days, um, in the morning I do just general, like what's in my head. Mm -hmm. I'm having a lot of dreams and stuff. And then uh, at nighttime I do uh, the exercise you gave me whatever a year ago. You know, uh, what am I, the deeply grateful one. Mm, Yes, yeah. Um, You know, so if, you know, and then if, if I'm having a hard time during the middle of the day, I'll just sit down and write in the journal. 
Yeah. And it gets it like um it's like a release of some of the immediate tension. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I so I so wish that um so interesting how cuz I do use I do use tapping with success, but the one thing with tapping is that when I'm in a very intense, and this is how it works for me, and I, I actually, I know of a lot of people that use it. You know, a lot of my clients use it, but there's one key component, and we talked about it. Um, actually, there's two. One is um, you have to be persistent. It's not magical. Um, and the other thing is that in order for it to work, you really need to be in touch with the emotion. And one of the things that we talked about that it's a, uh, it's just a, a coping mechanism of yours as you try to push away the emotion. And if you tap while you're trying to push away the emotion, you're actually not affecting it. It's not, it's like you're keeping something at a distance, at arm's length, and yet you want to work on it, but it's, it's, not, it's a contradiction. It doesn't work that way. Um, so that's why I think that the tapping doesn't work for you. But I'm curious if you could combine yeah, I, it I, with I, the journaling. If I could agree, well, just comment. I, I, um, I don't think I'm in touch with my emotions more consistently. I think I manage my emotions way better than I used to. Yes, yes, no doubt about that. Um, and the reason, so the one thing that might work for you, that it might be a good combination, is that as you journal. If you could actually even do, you know, tapping in one point, whichever point you prefer, just, you know, it, it would be ideal. You could, you could even just read what you wrote as, and tap on it. Just, you know, you don't have to do anything or say anything. Just, just tap as you're writing, allowing it to just, you know, kind of flash out of your system. I think it would double the impact of the journaling. That's, That's one, one, one invitation because you're already – but journaling, I think, feels safe enough that you can actually put on paper what you're feeling, um, and it's you know, so it's out of your system. But if you add the tapping, I think it's going to make a big impact. Um, regarding uh, the spring, this is what I would like to share with you: what I witnessed, and as well as I was accompanying you, it seems to me that the spring was a time where you came full force in contact with your history and how it had impacted you. And all of the defenses that you had developed, you know, growing up came right up. And it was just at a time when Jennifer was, from what I remember, putting a little bit extra pressure about the commitment and how you were going to either live together or, and that was like the exact opposite of what you needed at the time. Um, because from what I remember, her need or her anxiety of you distancing, the, the way that you, you know, so you created a little bit of distance to take care of yourself because you were really not feeling well. Uh, emotionally, I think you were in a very difficult place. And the fact that she perceived your distance and she has, see, I think that I'm, I'm guessing from a little bit that you mentioned, her core issue may be to feel uh, abandoned. Yeah, so the moment, yeah. Right. So the moment that you withdraw, she goes into panic. Emotionally, you're you know, you're abandoning her and because that is her core wound, if you will. 
um, which is also yours. You are also emotionally abandoned. But if somebody comes with their needs, which was all, so it's interesting, you had a really tough combination of being abandoned because you were not taken care of, your mom was not there for you, and that's, that's how it was. But at the same time, in addition to the abandonment, you were putting, like her, her emotions and her needs were placed ahead of yours. And yeah, there was, right? So there was these, these combination where you felt like in order for you, your minimal needs to be met, you had to do something or at, at least attempt to do something so she would be in a better place in order to take care of your needs. And I think that... Well, that the, was a cycle that I perceived I could fix that never worked. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened in the spring with Jennifer where she was actually sharing with you how, you know, her fear and need because she was feeling abandoned by you and then somehow you had to fix something and that's where you exploded. You went like, fuck it, I am not doing that again because it never worked for me, I'm not going to do it, I'm never going to get my needs met if I try to take care of your needs. Well, but I think my needs, so I think my, to your point, I think I was uh, emotionally wobbling at every level I could be, right, which is, you know, I lost my job, I had, um, you know, facing, you know, uh, abandonment from work, right, um, you know, for whatever, uh, even even as much as I wanted it, it's still, you know, it's harsh, right? Um, yeah. You know, so that may, means all my infrastructure was gone, you know, I... Um, you know, it's winter time. I can't be outside as much, right? I mean, I was pretty screwed up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, my kids are getting older. My right. Are, you know, my son's driving. You know, the identity that I had created for myself is, you know, at risk. You know, so I was pretty screwed up, you know. Um, and then, you know, and I, I was trying to talk about it, if I remember right, um, and, you know, trying to be more articulate about, you know, what I was, oh, and then you and I were working on some of this stuff at a deeper level than we ever had, right? Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, I like, I remember li- having her listen to one of the tapes with me, right? If you remember that, that was about yeah. the first time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I was trying really hard to articulate the fact that I needed help and I, you know, you know, and then, you know, it's like I picture putting all my emotions on the table and saying, look, I got a, I got a big problem, and then having her come in and just wipe them all off the table and say, no, look at me. Right, right? exactly. Which, which is what my mom did, right, which is. Right. Um, What's coming up? Just stay with it. No, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, anxiety's coming up, but, um Okay. Okay. Stay stay with it. Remember that it is just it's just what what is going on. So there's a reason why these anxieties coming up as you're remembering. There's something about it. Yeah, I mean I um I, I think it's very hard for me to you know, articulate what I need. Um, you know, it's it's way easier for me to just kind of live in isolation and, um, 
you know, put, push everything away and, you know, stay in my little cave, right? Um, I, I think the depth of the change I'm going through is, you know, extremely scary. Um, yeah. I think the wounds with, you know, uh, um, I saw my parents Saturday, by the way. Um, oh, how was uh, that? Um, so um, I think, let me just finish this and I'll tell you. So I think the wounds with them are very deep. Um, and I think um, I think the Jennifer thing scares me because um, you know it rem- it reminds me a lot of my mom, right? Um, yeah. You know, and she's an extremely strong woman, but she is also emotionally vulnerable too, right? And yeah. I think if I was going to articulate where we have conflict, I would articulate it as. Um, our emotional needs sometimes compete with each other versus complementing each other. Yeah. Yeah. And par- partnering with each other, right? Um, and uh, I think that's, you know, the trick to our relationship is that, you know, I, um, so anyway, so I saw them Saturday. They came uh, driving through to go to uh, Savannah, uh, Georgia for the winter and uh, had dinner with, the, you know, with the kids and, um, so they're in a transitional life. My dad turns 80 uh, next spring. And um, so um, my mom has decided, and I witnessed all this, okay? So my mom has decided um, that uh, she's ready to sell Savannah um, and uh, buy a place in a retirement community, you know, one of those progressive health ones. Um mm-hmm in uh, Hingham, Mass., okay? Um, so the, the most immediate thing I witnessed was, you know, her saying, you know, I said, well, how do you guys feel about that decision? And my mom's answer was, we're ready. My dad's answer was, not sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so then we started talking about the timing of the decision, Okay. And so Are you mom, tapping, Jim? Yeah. Okay. Um, so my mom said, well, we're going to put the house on the market in November. And I said, well, what if it sells in January? Well, then we'll just have to move up north. And I said, well, why would you do that? It's, you don't have a money issue. They, they don't have, you know, financial problems. So why wouldn't you just wait till the spring and list it in April and, you know, sell it in July? Yeah. The spring's a better market anyway. Well, you know, I'm worried what I want to get my price and, you know, all these anxieties came out of my my mom and she mm-hmm. was being extremely rigid. And my dad... See, that, that is so cool to notice, isn't it? Yeah, cause that, oh she's the one that carries the anxiety. And, and like neurotic anxiety. And I'm like, Mom, I, I said, well, we want to get our personal things out in May. Like, she's that far ahead, right? Wow. And I'm like, well, then take your personal things out in May. And do the closing remotely right. through a power of attorney. You you don't have any. And my dad, all my dad was saying the whole time was, "Yep, I agree." Like he's like he had no voice in the conversation at all. Um. Um, and and my mom was being completely irrational. Um, you know, she's made up her mind, and that's that. You know, um, my personal opinion on these retirement homes. I went to visit one of them. It's like a death camp. 
right? I mean, it's all people in, like, wheelchairs and walkers and, you know, my parents still play golf three days a week, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you're like, it's going to make you older when you go there. And my brother had the same reaction. You know, so I look at all that and I'm like, I, I mean, that's what happened to me, right? Like, my dad's sitting there, you know, passively on the sideline, even though he shows up as way more rigid than than that. Um, and my mom is neurotically making these decisions, you know, to take care of her emotional needs and fuck everybody else. Yeah. Right? You know, and, and oh, by the way, when you try to help her, she, you know, gets very angry and very, very defensive. Ah. That, that's what I had Saturday night. So it's very hard for her to even consider that what is... See, she is in such a... Okay, that is what is an emotion. She's probably going into her enforcer, and that is what a victim in defense looks like. So it's like she had figured out that she, for whatever reason, there's something that is not making her feel safe. Or, you know, it could be sometimes stress, right, that there, maybe your dad... Uh, getting older, who knows what flipped Yeah, I think my dad is, my dad, um, what she said two years ago was my dad starting to lose his mental, um, I think she's worried he's going to have Alzheimer's Mm. or dementia or some form of that is, is I think what she's worried at. Now I've watched him very carefully and he gets a little forgetful, but for an 80 year old guy, not so bad. Right. I mean, you know, he's 80. Right. I mean, people die. Right. Um, yeah. I think the thing that makes her unsafe is, you know, she's worried about living 10 years on her own. And, you know, but I think she's way out over her skis. I mean, there is no sign that he's uh, imminently unhealthy. You know right. what I mean? Um, you know, and, and like I said, they have no financial concerns, you know, at all. Um, you know, so I, that they've articulated. So I, I look at the whole thing and I'm like, you're, you're creating emotional anxiety where there doesn't need to be any, um, you know, and oh, by the way, pushing, pushing on all of us, I feel bad for my poor brother because the reason they're moving to Boston is so that they can be closer to them. Mm. Thank God I live in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, we both know that your brother has been able to, keep them at a distance and emotionally he takes very good care of himself. Like he, from what you told me, he said that at the lake and he's, that he's enjoying himself. He's not, yeah. Ser- oh, yeah. you know, he's not serving them or being in any way, um, you know, his life is he's just enjoying his life. And so they're there, but it doesn't, it's not affecting him in the way that it would affect you. Yeah, I agree. So that is a very good choice for everybody involved. Um, but it's interesting to witness that because, see, what you just saw, this, this is so cool. Okay. It, even though it's, it's totally upsetting, it is so cool that you were able to witness. Because I want you to, if you, instead of being Jim on Saturday, right, I want you to turn into a video camera and you recorded that scene. And I want us to actually pull it apart in a way that it would bring massive, massive amount of information, insight, and 
the ability to understand and let go so you can make your own choices. Okay, good luck. Because, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> well, I cannot play alone. You're going to have to play I know, alone. I will, I will participate. I would love to. I am, I'm a video camera. I'm just playing back to see. I'm kidding. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> so Jim, I see. So, they, okay. They came in, right? So I'm, I'm curious. You're going to become a video camera, and uh, and also these video camera. Before before we do this, Laura, just one. Uh, yeah. I think the only question they talked to my kids. Obviously, the only question they asked me the entire night was, "How are you?" Okay. Not what's going on with work. Not um, you know, are you excited? How's Jennifer? Um, nothing personal. Well, how are you is an open invitation where, see, because you're at a place where everything that is coming from them is really, let's let's get back to that one. Can we just put that in the shelf for a moment? Sure. Okay. So the only thing they asked you was... No, no, do the do the video replay on the other one. That's fine. Oh, no, I know. I'm just taking a note so I don't, you know, I'll just, just for the... It, and it was just, how are you, and who said it? Was it your mom? Uh, I think my dad. Oh, your dad. Okay. And so mom didn't ask you anything? Not that I remember, no. Okay, okay. So let's go back to the video camera, and I want you to not just um, be the video camera, but who is watching on the other side, so we're actually watching the movie together. Okay, and who's watching the movie is you as the adult. And if you want to, I want you to keep on tapping. You can close your eyes if you like to. It's not going to be painful in any way. Just really noticing, okay? Just tapping and noticing. That's all we're doing. I want you to notice that you are wherever you're sitting. Next to you, it's going to be Jim, but it's going to have like probably like around four or five years old, okay? And I'm going to be there kind of narrating. I'm facilitating and guiding the process. So you are in the middle. You have your Jimmy next to you, and I'm on the other side, and we're just watching this movie, okay? At any point that something comes up, let me know. And here we're seeing a couple that comes into this into this home into this space that happens to be your apartment, right? <clears throat> and how I want you to just notice and describe to me because I don't have the 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 movie screen is a little fuzzy to me, so I wanted to describe how do they how are they connected to each other? So there's a man and a woman, and how do they seem between them when they come into the space? Um. I, I mean, they walked in separately. They both went straight to the grandkids. Um, and, uh, um, you know, no, no connectivity between them that I would would notice. Okay. So almost like they're just two people that are coming in, but it doesn't, there wasn't, energetically, there's not much of an affectionate connection no. between them. No. No. Okay. 
And it sounds like from what you're telling me that they focus on their grandchildren, that their attention is outside of themselves instead of inward. Well, that's the way it, you know, they they are very affectionate towards their grandkids. You know, they, uh, you know, um, um, you know, and then they sit down and, uh, you know, eat. So wait, hold on a second. You're going a little fast. So how, how do they show their affection to the grandkids? They hug them and uh, kiss them and, you know, rub their head and, you know, measure their height and just do all things grandparents do. <laughs> okay. With both of them, both with your son and daughter? Yes, yep. Okay. Now, um, did they... You know, yeah, I, go ahead. I am probably overly sensitive to it, probably more with my son than my daughter, but... Uh, um, uh, but, yes, they're very nice to both of them. Okay. And how about... To their sons or to their grandkids, they're super affectionate. I mean, and we, uh, you know, we, you know, give give my mom a hug and give my dad a handshake and move on. Okay, so there's a lot more distance. It sounds emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and then they just said so. So far, what kind of information? Because what the information that I'm that I'm receiving from so far is that. So this couple that I want you to repeat after me, this couple that happened to be my parents. This couple that happened to be my parents. Are really not affectionate with each other. Are really not affectionate with each other. Maybe even a little distant. Maybe even a little distant. They are affectionate with children, with their grandchildren. They're affectionate with their grandchildren. And they can pour their love onto them. And they could put their love onto them. Their grandchildren. Now, this is a, uh, something that is coming up for me. Are there, have your, so the grandchildren, how do they respond to them? Have they ever, <clears throat> has there ever been any tension or any different no. of opinions? Never. No. no. And, and I'm guessing the grandchildren are super respectful of them. Yes. Yeah. Now, if the grandchildren were but, uh, also, to... I should say, also playful, like Nick calls my dad Pop. Okay. <laughs> so his, you know, the name they wanted when they were little kids was Papa and Nana. Uh-huh. Um, but Nick is kind of a little sarcastic and a little irreverent, so he calls them Pops, <laughs> which my <Okay>. dad loves. <clears throat> yeah. And and there, you know, and that's and that's okay, even though it's not what they really wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And is there, if there would have been, I mean, just as an observer, not just as a dad and a son in this role, but as an observer, if there was at any point something that the grandchildren disagreed with or had an opinion that was different to the They would never state their opinion. Uh, they would never, um, in any substantive way, they're not invited to the conversation which I know mm. sounds strange. Um, but but so they're never really put into a conflict-based conversation. And, you know, even in the conversation, you know, about like the housing situation, they just sat there and listened. Wow. So, so what I'm really gathering as we continue to tap here is that this couple of, 
this couple of parents, right, with just a woman, a man and a woman who happen to be your parents, are very affectionate and loving as long as there's absolutely no tension or conflict and no disagreements. Yes, that's right. With what they believe to be the truth and how Compl- things are. Compliance is, uh, compliance is the rule of love. Wow. Okay. Okay, so as while well, you're compliant with me, I'm going to shower you with affection and attention, and you are the greatest thing. Right, and my kids have learned, you know, <laughs> don't push back. Like, they'll say stuff to me offline, you know what I mean, after they leave, but they don't, they'll pacify, and they know my parents can't influence, you know, so they'll pacify them, you know. Well, that sounds good, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, they don't. Uh, but they do what they want, you know, afterwards. Right. And and they're not like that with you. So if they, what happens if your kids, keep on topping, what happens if your kids have an opinion that is different than yours and what you perceive as the right thing to do? Yeah, I don't do that with them. I mean, I, I usually ask their opinion first before I give mine. Um, okay. You know, so uh, like uh, college uh, – the most recent example is, you know, my son's a junior in high school and he needs to go on some college visits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've been, you know, Nick, we need to think about this. Um, your decision, but, you know, here's, you know, some ideas on how we could do it. And then um, uh, my wife was going away in November. And uh, mm-hmm. ex-wife, sorry. And, um and so I, uh, I said, dude, good weekend for college visits. He goes, yeah, let's go. So it was just, yeah. you know, I needed him to, he needed some time, but then he made the decision. I said, great, let's do it. Where do you want to go? I don't know, Dad. Well, how about this, this, this? Um, well, maybe, you know, I said, okay, well, let's make a list, you know, and so we're working through it together. But I don't yeah. force my opinion on them. Um. <laughs> You know, and, and my comment to my ex-wife this summer was, listen, if he's not going to do the work, I'm not paying for college, right? This has got to be his decisions and his work to get the outcome he desires. We can't yeah. do it for him. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, so I don't do the same thing. But they're, um, they're shyer kids. They, generally speaking, don't, uh, you know, they, they're not going to, you know, be politically making an argument at a table. But mm. it's not that they don't have a point of view. Um, you just, it's, they're shyer kids and you need to give them time to be comfortable articulating. Okay. Okay. And what, how do you, uh, I mean, it's, it's very powerful. I don't know how it was because how, how old were they when you separated? You and, and uh, mom. Well, it would have been uh, 2009. Okay. So, um, so uh, Nick would have been nine. Alex would have been seven. Okay. Ellen is your daughter. What's that? Wait, it's uh, your daughter's name is Ellen. Alex. 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 Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. 
So there's still there's still a lot, but there was something that told them that it's just like they're, they're taken care of, but they're not very outspoken. No. Okay. And yet you feel like you do give them space to share their opinion. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that's, it, it, this is a whole different topic. I mean, my... You're right. Yes, you're right. My ex-wife um, is very is more of a belittling type of person. And our relationship, you know, when we were married and even now, you know, she just does what the fuck she wants and expects me to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just a sim- simple example is that there's a clause in the contract that says if the house breaks and the fix is more than $1,000, she needs to get three estimates, put them in writing, and I got to give written, written authorization, and yeah. then I will pay half of it. To date, she has never followed that procedure. And so I refuse to pay. Right. And then she threatens to, you know, take me. And I'm like, listen, Jen, this is very damn simple. You get my written authorization or I don't pay. Right. Well, why should I have to do that? Because it's in the fucking contract. Right. right? So, so she's teaching our daughter to, you know, skirt the rules. Right. Do whatever. Mm. Just do what the hell you want. Right. And, you know, and then she tries to make me look bad in front of the kids, you know, because I don't, you know, you know, she'll make like offhanded comments about not paying. Right. Um, you know, so it's it's a whole different topic. And yeah. the influence yeah. on that over my daughter is a major concern of mine. Um, you know, and, and that's a different set of conflicts and history and issues that, you know, still play a role in my life. Uh, until, yeah. you know, four years from now when I'm done. Um, you know, I'm sure I'll never really be done, but uh, technically speaking, but that's a, a a different movie to watch. Right. Jim, are you still tapping? Because this is actually, are you still tapping with me, tapping along? Yeah, I lost it there for a minute, but yeah. Okay, yeah. So just so step to the point, because this is one piece that you just brought up that even though it may seem totally unrelated, I'll show you what happened. You're talking about, we're talking about, interestingly enough, this is fascinating. This is what happens even if it doesn't work in the way that you may, I mean, the, the truth is tapping always works. It just, it may, not, it may not be doing what we think or expect it to do, but this is what took place. We started talking and we talked about a couple, a man and a woman coming into a home. That happened to be your parents, right? And they went and they actually said hi to another couple that happened to be brother and sister, which is your your children. Yes? Yep. And now we're talking about you and your ex, which also happened to be a couple, interestingly enough, and the dynamic that is that we're talking about the underlying dynamic, and this is exactly the simple and, and super powerful impact that this thing has. Even if it's tapping on me, you, both of us, it's just that I'm tapping along with you and just taking some notes. You said something extremely powerful. My ex does whatever she wants, and she always expected me to just follow along or, you know, just be okay with whatever, just, yeah, I will, you will go along with what she wants, right? Yep. Now, let's go back to the first couple. 
Isn't that exactly what was modeled for you? And that Jimmy that is sitting right next to you that is like four or five years old. At four or five years old is when a child starts noticing how the world works and starts making sense. Even yeah, I mean, the I, world. Yeah, I remember, I, re, I remember one of the, um, the straw, I mean, there was a lot of straws that broke the camel's back, right? But one of them was I didn't have a voice with raising my kids. Right, exactly. And yeah. so I, 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 um, I, you know, I wasn't as aware of all these emotions at the time, mm-hmm. but I, um, I re- kind of refused to let them be raised um, the way her family was. I like her family's fucked up, um, and so I'm like, I, I need a voice in this, and um, you know, and um, you know, as a husband, I would never have gone against my wife. Mm, yeah. Um, right, because that, that was the way I, you know, that was another modeling thing, right? Um, of course. You know, so you go out with a united front, and, you know, but when the united front doesn't take your your point of view into account, you know, you need a different way, right? And yeah. I, you know... I always felt my daughter was at risk even after the divorce, um, but I knew I could save my son. You know what I mean? I knew I could yeah. give him a different way to see things. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that was a huge part of, you know, if you said to me, you know, what has been your driving force for the last decade, right, because it's almost been 10 years, yeah, I would say give my son a way to not live this way. Yeah, right. There's just a, you know find a way to model a better relationship. You know, um, just anything to give him a way out of the cycle. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what you're doing, and you're doing it very. But right now, what I would like you to see is that. That's exactly that little boy that it was you at four or five years old So that this is how marriage and this is how a family works. The wife is the one that is the driving force, if you will. The husband goes along. He has very strong opinions and whatnot, but they show a united front, and because of that, usually the wife does something, the husband goes along. You married someone that expected that from you. You didn't, you didn't quite do it, so you're already breaking some rules, which is already causing trouble, not just with her, also with your parents and within you, because it, you're already going against what is, what is supposed to be the way that things work. You following me? Yeah. Yeah. So now yeah, it's I mean, like, you know, The only thing I would say is um, my ex-wife took advantage of it. Um, yeah. And she didn't earn it. You know, I, I can't comment on what, you know, my mom did or didn't do, but um, I know my ex-wife didn't earn that kind of trust from me. And, right. in fact, she took advantage of it. And, um, you know, and um, so I'm, I, I know I'm breaking it, and I know it's creating conflict, and I know it's probably way deeper conflict than I, you know, even recognized at the time, but I like some instinct inside of me told me I had to. Yeah, absolutely. Because because what happened is that 
even though you were a young kid and you saw that happen, there were little things like, okay, so I'm going to ask you that what you noticed between your mom and your dad with the whole retirement community and moving and when and the timing and whatnot, you already, you already got in a very simple way the straightforward answer and reality that this was not really what your dad wants. Is that true? Uh, I am very clear that it is not what my dad wants. And, yeah. in fact, he's very, very nervous about it and yeah. and doesn't have a, a – uh, he's losing his ability to articulate it. Exactly. Now, as you saw that happening, right, he still he still didn't have a voice. It's not like he said – Wait a minute, you know, this is actually I wanna I really wanna consider this. Um, you know, I'm not fully he was just kind of like somewhat going along, saying that he wasn't totally sure that you you know, you had they had to think about it. But you it was clear that your mom was going full force about with her planning. Well, I mean I what I would argue is he was trying to use my voice a little bit. Um meaning the things I was saying to get her to stop you know, the train, mm-hmm. um, but still being very respectful about how he was doing it. Right. No, and you, you were there, for, but I, just as a witness, what did you notice that he was trying to do? What Was it working? No. No. She That's, was cemented in her point of view. Exactly. That's exactly what I... See, and that is, that is what you're noticing and how it's affecting you. And that's why you're so committed to changing things around so you don't follow in those same steps. And sometimes when Jennifer is a particular way that seems like you have to go along with what she wants or she, there's not much space for you, you freak out because the option is that you're going to end up like your dad. That's not an option. Yeah, I think it's I'm going to end up like my dad or I'm going to end up alone. You know, I have an equal fear. So, I, I, so, so I mean, it, again, probably worth a different time and topic, but so look at my alternatives, right? Be compliant like my dad. Yeah. Right, and lose your voice that way or be completely alone. And, okay, so tell me why is it that those are the only two options? Um. Um, I, I'm not saying they're the only, I rationally understand that there are more options available to me. Go on dating websites, you know, uh, actually get the relationship to Jennifer to work. You know, there's a hundred different alternatives. I'm saying um, with my, you know, uh, emotional maturity or emotional capability, I think that's what I emotionally um, okay. box that's myself yes. into. Okay, um, and that makes sense because in reality, that's what, well, in your experience and on your reality as well, is that you either go along with what the the woman needs or you just don't do a marriage because you, that's the modeling you had. You didn't, haven't had a different one. Yeah, that's. I think that's right. Yeah, when I, I mean, had, when I had it's a, either that or nothing because you don't know a different model. Right, I mean, when I had a woman, you know, Kathy, you know, that was just, supportive and great and, you know, was, you know, probably more the model of the relationship that I would have wanted. Um, 
my mom told me she wasn't good enough. Right, because you probably didn't have, according to your mom, enough of a backbone or enough of a whatever she was. I don't know she what was, she was thinking at the time, but, um, yeah. Right, so it's like, it's either, interestingly enough, it's, so it's, it's really fascinating to see, is it possible? And this there, is a thing, know, by the way, my brother has yes. more of that type of wife. Like Kathy? Yeah. Ah, and Kafka. Well, I guess your your brother never asked your mom if it was okay to marry her. Of course he didn't. Of course <laughs> he didn't. Right. And is he happy in his marriage? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I guess it would be interesting to consider that that is an option. And yeah. what kind of what kind of partner is Jennifer? If you look at her. What is it really, what is she like? I mean, she's all, I mean, what I honestly love about her is she's all those things. I mean, she can be, you know, the head of a uh, of a business. Um, you know, she is the head of a family, um, you know, but she's also the most supportive person I've ever been around, just, you know, when she, you know, she emotionally and, um, you know, so she's all those things. She she is a, I mean, like me, I mean, I'm sure you've learned enough about me now. Like, I got 10 different personalities. I can go run a, run a company, run a marathon, you know, be an emotional, you know, basket case, be very supportive, be a great dad, you know, be a fun guy. I mean, I can do all those things, right? She's kind of the same. You know, right. she has a lot of different capabilities. And is she the kind of woman that you have to do what she wants or otherwise you would not be with her? Um, her way or the highway kind of thing? No, absolutely not. Um, I think she makes me articulate myself more than I would want to, um, meaning I'd rather just say we're going left, and she'll say why. I'll say because right. I want to go left. Um, uh, you know, and what I've learned is I just need to go left right now. Can we just do it? Yes, we'll do it. Right. So she'll be supportive. Um, but she, um, she's logistically a lot tighter than I am, meaning she plans ahead. She plans in a great amount of detail. Um, and I don't, I kind of wing it more. Um, Mm -hmm. so that shows up as control to me. Um, which is one piece of your mom. Yeah. Yes. But at the same time, what I'm hearing is that you have found someone that has the ability to be in touch and recognize that she has needs and she needs, and she voices it. She doesn't have a problem with that, but it doesn't. It's not taking away from you. It doesn't necessarily well, I, take I, away I, from you. It does not necessarily, on the surface, take away from me. But um, like I have to be. What I keep saying to her is, listen, you. Um, if I need you to change, I'll ask. I don't think you need to change. I need to be able to articulate myself. So she's pushing me to the point where I'm getting uncomfortable. I need to say, you're pushing me to the point I am getting uncomfortable. I don't want to, I don't want to plan that. Um, You know what I mean? Or I don't, um, you know, I just don't know my answer right now. You're going to have to be okay with that. Right. And, and she has to learn that you can't bully your way through through that, right? I mean, you know, at, at some point, people just choose not to do something, and that's okay. 
right? Yeah. Um, you know, and so she, you know, has had to learn that, um, you know, her past relationships and her history and those kind of things don't apply here either. Um, you know, but on, uh, we both have all the capabilities to make it work. Like any relationship, it takes time and effort to make it work. Well, the, the key component here, and I think that I have said this before, but in, in a different way, is that you have all the elements of a relationship that can really work. But what is the key, the most important thing is that for this relationship to work, it means that you mature and you actually, you develop into the man that you actually really want to be, which means that you're centered, standing on your feet. Okay, this is, this is where if you have forgotten to tap, just tap with me, okay? No, I'm but you get to be a man who knows who he is, who knows and he's in touch. So you're completely in touch with yourself, knowing that sometimes you can lose your footing, and that's okay. So it's not about that you're so solid that you have it all figured out. That doesn't exist. But you're, so, you're solid on your feet, knowing who you are, and that sometimes you're very emotional, sometimes you're very distant, sometimes you're super active, sometimes you just want to leave back, but you know who you are. And from that place, you want to connect with a woman that meets you. You stay your, 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 can state your truth, what you need, what you don't need, what works, what doesn't work for you, and you're with someone that is actually meeting you there who could also do the same thing. She's going to ask for what she needs, and you're going to be able to say, right now I, can, I would love to do that, but I'm not able to. Or, you know what, I'm gonna, I need a little break before I can give you that massage or listen to you know, how awful your day was or what's going on with your ex or the worry that you have about your kid, whatever it might be. But before I do that, I'm really sorry. I need to take a 10-minute walk. I'll be back, and we can get to it. So it's this, this relationship with Jennifer is actually the one that is allowing you to grow into the man and the partner and the, the if you choose to, the husband or, you know, uh, partner, whatever you want to call it, that you really want to be. That it has nothing to do with your dad. So that is like breaking free of the modeling and creating your own. And it's also not based totally on your brother because even though you see that your brother is happy and he's with someone that respects him and understands him, you also see that your brother is not a very emotional or, you know, he's not very much in touch with with his emotions. And you are. You're very sensitive. So it's like, is this very, you know, complex and powerful balance between being powerful and being vulnerable and finding that within that vulnerability there's a lot of power. So Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think the struggle for me, Laura, is um, uh, the in addition to just the relationship issues and me having to, you know, continue to evolve as a person and and her, you got logistics on top of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, You know, are are extremely complicated. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And, you know, so it's, um, I think it's very easy for me. um, So if I need, 
space as an example, um, my proxy for that in our current relationship is I got to go to Jersey. I got some work to do. Right. right. Which in my little apartment where, you know, it's just, you know, where nobody can find me, right. My yeah. kids can't drive to get here. You know, I think one friend knows where I live, you know, like I, I got my space, but that's, but I don't have to, I don't have to engage in the relationship in that way. Like I, I can still use logistics to create some of the distance I need. Um, right. And then I think for her, you know, she has the, the power and the structure of work. She runs the house. I'm not there to support the house. You know what I mean? Or right. it's not my house. Right. So, um, you know, and her ex-husband still goes there because, you know, they're trying to protect, the, you know, their kids, right? Which, you know, so then I'm inserting myself into a different circumstance where I have to take a back seat. So the, the you know, the, so she's all asked me, like, well, how would you get comfortable being in this house? I said, I won't ever be comfortable being in that house. Mm-hmm. That's your house with Chris. Now, a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to say that, right? So, like, we're talking about what to do with our relationship. What I said is, you know, should we buy a boat, you know, that is our boat? Should we buy a house in Fairfield, like, by the beach that's our house, right? That way, you know, your house with your kids is your family home, right, where you do what you got to do, and then when you and I want time, we go to our house, right? And, you know, and I know that, you know, thank God we have the financial wherewithal to be able to even have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, but you think about things like that, and it's like you have to make decisions like that to, to allow the relationship to be what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Absolutely, um, yeah. So it's just hard, I mean, is, is my point. But I, well, and I'm curious. So let's, let's, taking a step back just momentarily, do you really get all the information that you literally, I mean, literally have downloaded from your parents as a couple? So as long, you know, there's not hey, much you, can, I, can I say it in the way um, I knew I witnessed something that was critical? Yes. Um, and it really bothered me. I, until this conversation, I probably wasn't fully aware of why it was bothering me. I certainly wasn't aware of the connection with um, with uh, my ex-wife and what I was breaking from, yeah. um, and I wasn't aware of the implications, you know, with the kids or with my relationship with Jennifer. Like the, all those loose ends that are tying themselves together, yeah. I, I was not as aware of as I should be. Well, but, but I knew it bothered me. You what? Say that again. I knew it really bothered me. Of course. And, but I have to tell you something. This happens to me with my own coach because what happens is that there's certain things that I don't see, okay? It's, just, it's, it's, happen, it's, it's part of being uh, human that, you know, you're in the middle of something and you know that something is off and you don't know exactly why it's off or how it's off or how it's affecting you. And the minute that you, take, you get perspective, you're like, oh, my God, now I see it. Now yeah. I see it. And the thing with what would be really wonderful 
And I may invite you to just journal about this. And again, just invite some tapping as you journal. Is what is it? What has been the the upside of all the different logistics from Jennifer? And you just mentioned one that you can create distance, so the relation, you know, so you're not too enmeshed. There's not too much of an emotional demand on you. And to what point that works, and that has worked. And to what point you you know at, at to what point you're going to say you know this is not going to work for me, in the long run or will it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean I'm three two and a half years from my kids being gone. Right. So yeah, you know. And life and changes are, a lot after that. Yeah, I mean her and I are going to have to make some you know real decisions. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, without even knowing, Jim, I want you to consider that whatever you want to call it, your soul, your heart, your higher self, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, maybe God or whatever, doesn't really matter what name you want to give it, but there was something definitely bigger and more powerful and more knowing than you that brought Jennifer into your life for such an amazing amount of growth and possibilities. Because the truth is, you needed this time more on your own than in a relationship to figure out and break of patterns that you had all your life. I agree. So in a couple of years, two, three years, maybe it totally worked for you to say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, move in, figure it out, sell that house, get a new one together, whatever. Uh, now, now I feel like we're in a place that we can actually really build a relationship from being together, physically together, simplifying the logistics. But also, I'm guessing, are her children much younger than yours? Uh, so I'm, uh, Nick is 16, going to be 17 in January. Alex is 15, going to be 16 in April. Her daughter, Maddie, is 14. Um, going to be 15 in May, so like just about a year older, and then her uh, second daughter is 12. Okay, so they're a little bit younger, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And do you have a good connection with the girls? Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, they're, I'm not their dad, and I don't ever want to be. You know what I mean? That's not. Right. Um, you know, there's no, I'm you know, Mr. Jim, you know, family friend, you know, mom's friend. Right. You know, you know, I, yeah. And that's okay. That's totally okay, right? It works for yeah, you, it's it works for them. it's an appropriate relationship. Yeah, that's cool. That's totally good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, Jim, that's a piece that I, I think, uh, what, what are you left at right now? Where are you at? I, I'm, uh, I guess what I would honestly uh, ask is, but I don't know logistically whether I can do it. Is there any times you have? Um, I think I got one set up for early next week again. Um, but I, I feel like I want to keep pulling on this thread a bit. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't know if you have time, um, I guess, later today or... Um, we could meet, let me see... Yeah, hold on one second. Yeah, that's the same. Um, 
We could possibly do today at one thirty. Does that work for you? Yeah, it does. It does? You want to do that? Or if you're not, tomorrow at noon, either of those two? No, let's do today. Just keep today going. at 1.30? Okay. 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 So in this time, it, would, it, would you be willing to do a little bit of journaling? Yes. Yep. Okay. Just notice what comes up. Nothing in particular. Just notice what comes up and write about it, and especially when, when it comes to Jennifer and what happened in the spring and your parents. Anything that comes up, we're, we're all good, okay? Yep, sounds good. We'll talk to you in a Great. couple hours. <clears throat> okay, bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.